Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick continues the message entitled, A Cure for Eye Trouble. On the last broadcast, he introduced this message by sharing about how God promised him he would reach multitude of thousands for him. Then he read his text taken from Colossians chapter 2, verses 8-15, through 15, and taught us two ways that we can look at eye trouble. On this broadcast, Brother Rick brings us five comparisons of two texts found in the Bible which tell us how both the devil and Christ saw themselves. The first, taken from Psalms chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, describes Satan's eye trouble, and Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, lets us know what Jesus' desire is for us. Then, Brother Rick brings us four of twelve lessons that can be learned and applied from the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 5. And now, here's Brother Rick. What are you saying, Rick? I'm saying my kingdom, my way, will not meet the inner need of my life. The way I view things won't satisfy my soul. He does actually know best. Can I get an amen? He really does know what he's doing, and he's really serious about being Lord. (laughs) And let me just go a step farther. He really ain't seeking your opinion. Just trying to help you. Amen. He's looking for our obedience. So there's those that have their own kingdom and there's those that can't really discern his kingdom. The choice is really ours. As I laid there and pondered and tried to figure out what he was speaking to me, two scriptures came to mind I want you to turn to. First one's found in Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. It's about Satan. It's about eye trouble. Verse Let's back up to verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, star of the morning, son of the morning? How art thou cast, cast down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will. Everybody say, I will. I will ascend into the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will. How many knows you got some eye trouble? I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation. In the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high God. When I begin to read this, the Lord began to give me revelation from Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. And if you'll open your Bible there, I discovered something I haven't found in the 37 years I walked with the Lord. I had never seen this before. It was revelatory to me and I pray it's the same to you because I believe that they are parallel yet paradoxical scriptures because Satan responded one way, but Jesus responded another way altogether. And verse five of chapter two of Philippians starts with a request, let, let. In other words, there's a choice you're going to make in how you live out your life. And how many of you know, we'd like to blame some stuff on the devil. In fact, The only one I know that's been blamed more than the devil is the Holy Ghost. We blame a lot of stuff on the devil and the Holy Ghost when it's us. Amen. Sometimes we 
make bonehead decisions. <laughs> I've become more graceful the more my stupidity has been on display. How many of you have made some bonehead mistakes? How many of you have got a sack full of stuff you wish you'd done different? And the choice is so many times ours. And I believe in 2009, we stand at a pivotal point of choice. And once again, what are we going to do in 2009? Are we going to do what? A reaction for action. You know, it's not natural to follow God's way. It's natural to do what we want to do. You know, and I don't know about you, but I battle the spirit of slap a lot. Because these people do things to me. I... I want to slap them. I'm from Harlan County. That's kind of natural up there. It ain't natural to love your enemy. <sighs> See, we don't live by unconditional love. We live by tit for tat, butter for fat. You kill my dog, I'll kill your cat. We act in kind to the way we are treated, to what we think, to what we expect. It is supernatural to act the way that Jesus acted. But his actions disarmed the devil. <laughs> it rendered him powerless. Look at this paradoxical thing. I want to share with you just five things. Now I'm going to give you some points tonight. and I hope I don't give you too many because sometimes I have more points than a porcupine. But I'm going to share five things with you. I want you to get just to understand the scripture between Isaiah 14 12 in Philippians 2, 5. Satan said, I will ascend into the heavens. Jesus said, I, on the other hand, will come down to the earth. <laughs> Two different ways. Instead of going up, Jesus came down. Satan responds, I will exalt my throne. Jesus says, I will leave my throne and humble myself. Satan said, I will rule and sit over the congregation. Jesus, on the other hand, said, I would bow at their feet and serve them. Satan says, I will ascend above the heights of the heavens. Jesus said, I would descend to the lower part of the earth. Satan said, I will be like God. Jesus says, I will become like men so that I might redeem them. And through walking in an opposing mandate, not caring about his individual preference, comfort, or opinion, he was able to strip the enemy and gain victory through a supernatural plan of warfare that doesn't make one lick of sense if you are trying to figure it out as a human being. Why wouldn't Jesus have rode in on a horse Two to one and wiped him out. That's what I would have done, Jeff. I'd have got me a sword. I'd have had this huge battle. I'd have wiped him out. <laughs> and that's what the disciples thought Jesus was going to do. They asked him every other day. They asked him when he's leaving. Been with him three and a half years. They ain't heard nothing. Because, see, they're thinking natural. He's going to take Rome out. Just chill out. He's going to take Rome out. Just chill out. And while Jesus is about to ascend, he's already been crucified. He rose from the dead. They said, Is it today? Jesus said, nah, nah, I got a different way of doing it. It's already done. But Jesus, they crucified you. He put you in a tomb you didn't even own. And is this it? Is this the way we're going to march in victory? Listen to me, church. 
He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And what the Lord began to speak to me is, Rick, the only way you will ever disarm the enemy of your soul is to walk in an opposing mandate to what he wants to do to you. And if you don't do it my way, he will gain more and more and more victory in your life. And he will have more and more and more weaponry he can use against you. So when they accuse you, stay silent. Boy, that's not natural. Are you listening to me? So I decided to just do a little study because I'm going to tell you something, folks. This is tough. I expected exactly what I'm getting. I didn't expect anyone to break into shouting and run around the church and up around the balcony hollering, thanks be to God, we're all going to die. Now, see... When you talk about making up the suffering that yet remains, amens are few. But I want to give you, I just went through the Sermon on the Mount. Because honestly, Pastor, I couldn't take no more. Just the Sermon on the Mount loaded me down. I'm going to try to do just the Sermon on the Mount. I don't think I can do much more. I don't know if you can or not, because I'm going to give you 12 of these things just real quick, and you can jot them down, and then I'm going to quit. I asked Pastor how long I had. He didn't really tell me, so he's to blame. They used to call me Reverend. Now they call me Never End. But anyway, I'm going to give you these 12 things, and then I'm going to close down. See, the first thing he tells us in Matthew 5, chapter 5, verse 12, is he says, rejoice when you're persecuted. How many of you got that knocked out? Persecution comes, you just dance. <laughs> we ain't even got started. People persecute me. I never remember breaking into dancing. Rejoicing. No, I pick up a telephone, give invites to my pity party. To which no one shows, which makes me sadder. You got a choice. Because let me tell you something, friend. Persecution is coming. We sung about our lives melting like snow. We think and hope and pray that that's a long ways away. I'm afraid it's closer maybe than what you think. <laughs> I don't know about you, but he's going to have to wipe some of his super on my natural to get that. Because I just don't rejoice much when people start persecuting me. But Jesus said, see, you know what bothers me about this? It's not written in black. It's written in red. When I first got saved, I only read the red parts of the Bible. Because they said that's what Jesus spoke. So I figured, hey, I'll see what he said. I later discovered Jesus also speaks in black. In case you're wondering. But for those that are red readers, this is red. This is red. Coming straight from the lips of the Savior and King. Rejoice when you are persecuted. I'm working on that, bro. <laughs> well, Brother Rick, nobody persecuted you, have they? Ha uh ha. -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even presently. You know, it's amazing to think some folks don't like me. I marvel at that. I thought everybody would. You got an enemy of your soul. Rejoice. In the time of persecution. That's the first thing. And then he gives me another one. Matthew chapter 5 verse 23 and 24. Forgive those who have ought against you. 
I thought they had all. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I thought I was supposed to forgive the ones I had all against. That makes sense. That's natural. If I'm mad at them, then I'm supposed to forgive them. No, he said, forgive those that's mad at you. That don't seem right. They was wrong. <laughs> Look like it. They ought to have to do something. You mean they can hurt me at will and walk off scot-free? kind of deal is this? And I got to forgive them. How many of you actually want to disarm the enemy, have the spoils that he's trying to keep from you, and walk in victory? Do you want that? Well, then you got to forgive those that are mad at you. I'm going to cue you for an amen. I need one just occasionally. I do it this way because I need a double witness. Amen. Third thing. Matthew 5, 25. Agree quickly with your adversary. Huh? <laughs> Agree quickly with somebody I think's wrong? We ain't got started, church, and I'm already as mixed up as a termite in a yo-yo. None of this makes sense to me. Agree with them. Agree with them. Not just agree with them. Do it quick. Oh, God. Help me. <laughs> Help me. If a man takes your coat, Give him your cloak also. Huh? If he sues me and he gets my coat, I suppose say, oh, wait, we ain't done. Got some other stuff I want to give you. Hey, Bubba. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.